Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif. Executive Producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, We are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, bonjour. In Spain, hola. In Italy, ciao. In Egypt, athen wasalan. In Ghana, akwaba. In Nigeria, peleo. In South Africa, saobona. In Senegal, nangadef. In Kenya, jambo. In Israel, shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, assalamu alaikum. Greetings. And may peace be upon you all. Hi, I'm Naima Latif. Join me and my co-host Kareem Hamid every Wednesday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on the Female Solution Radio Show. As we explore that relationship that is the foundation for our society, the relationship between men and women, husbands and wives. Join our discussion as we seek to repair broken family ties and rebuild our community. Listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com slash the-female-solution. Call in and comment 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to our host. Or you can join us live on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash the-female-solution.
All righty, yes. <laughs> yes, we are joined here with our co-host, Kareem Hamid, and the American Muslim 360 family on this wonderful Wednesday morning on the Female Solution Global Radio TV show. And we invite you all to call in 515-605-9325 and press 1 when you're ready to speak, and we will certainly open your mic and get your thoughts because we want to hear from you on this topic today. Today, Brother Kareem, I don't know uh, what the schedule is in St. Louis, but this week school has started in Chicago, and I know school has started for many school districts across the country, and we want to make sure that our children are being properly supported by their parents. There's an event that has been an annual event that was started by one of the citizens of Chicago, the late Philip Jackson, who founded the Black Star Project. And he founded something called the Million Father March, where fathers would take their children to school on the first day of school. Well, today's uh, show, we're going to ask the question, we're asking the question, how important is a father's involvement in the education of his child? Because and too many families, families have split, and sometimes the father gets kicked to the curb. He's not, he's not the primary custodial parent. He doesn't get informed as to what's happening with his child's education. Uh, he's often not included in the parent-teacher meetings. Sometimes if he goes to pick up the child, you know, they have to check in the office, make sure he's He's authorized to pick up the child just in case there was some conflicts with the split between him and the mother and he, you know, is not allowed. I mean, it's just all kind of sad things happening. So when it comes to father's involvement, a lot of times fathers aren't involvement. So one of the things that Philip Jackson wanted to do was to empower fathers to be a presence at the schools with their children and his instituting this Million Father March program. It's spread, of course, from Chicago all across the country. And there's an organization out of Atlanta entitled Fathers Incorporated. And, and of course, you can go to fathersincorporated.com and see many of the, the programs that they are pushing to involve fathers. They're also pushing for this Million Father March on September 15th of this year. And there are many who are trying to figure out how to get the men more involved in the lives of children being involved, whether it's volunteer coaching or, or mentoring or whatever the case may be, because too many fathers have been too disconnected. And sometimes they don't even, they don't know their, te their teacher's, their, their child's teacher's name, they may not even know what grade in school their child is, depending on how disconnected they've become from the father, from, from the child and the mother. And this has an impact. This has an emotional impact. And I'll talk more about that, what I observe, um, if fathers are not present 
in their child's life, but definitely not present with their education. And later on uh, in the hour, we're going to be joined by Dr. Ron Ford, who has an amazing show that he addresses a lot of social issues, and he'll be coming on to give us his take on some of the societal conditions that create this separation of men from their families and what we might do to help. So we wanted to get your take on it. So, Brother Graham, of course, you are a father, (laughs) and you have come from a family with heavy involvement of a father in your life, but a lot of children didn't have that. What have you observed in terms of maybe the trends of fathers being involved or fathers helping with homework or fathers picking up children from school or fathers taking children to school? What was your experience and what have you observed in perhaps some trends happening now? Yes, thank you, Naima. Thank you to Almighty God. Um, you know, most of the uh, the interest expressed in the way of child support is usually tied to a monetary interest, a monetary mm-hmm. interest to financially support the rate that you are. Uh, your children. Usually it's geared around money, around finance, who that he should help on uh, finance the life of his children. But the word is child support. Support. Child support. And that support goes beyond just monetary contribution. Uh, whether he realizes it or, or not, and we uh, definitely uh, praise those fathers that uh, see beyond just the financial needs of their uh, children. That support comes in many fashions, in many ways, uh, uh, to actually be involved in your child's life. And education is a very important part of that. Uh, so it, uh, I believe that it should be clear as to uh, you mentioned how if he attends a parent-teacher's meeting, he has to prove that he is the father of that child. So, and, and there are some good reasons for that. If yeah. the child abducts So I I would suggest to every a father that truly supports his children have an interest in the education to go to the the the, uh, uh, the school administration and register. You know, bring his ID with him and a small a photo that uh, will confirm that he is who he says he is. And so as I say once again, child support goes beyond just monetary provision. Uh, the support of your a, a child comes in many, many facets, especially your interest, involvement with them, uh, uh, 
sustain in their lives. Uh, so I think we have to look beyond just the monetary part of child support. That child needs, needs the support of two parents, whether both are in the home or not. He cannot divorce himself from supporting his children beyond just financial support. So uh, this, I'm looking forward to a very enlightening conversation this morning concerning the father's involvement in the education of his children. Uh, I would hope that he would that uh, he would have an interest in that. I remember my father. <laughs> he would periodically stop one of us and ask us to spell a word. Wow. And uh, the, the word that he, he would ask us was compressed ability. Now, you know. <laughs> now, that's different. <laughs> that is different. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, he would question us concerning our timetable. You know, what is nine, nine times nine? You know, and uh, we would, if our answer was in was incorrect, he would correct us, and he encouraged us to study more. You know, so we had to stay on our T's and cues because you never knew when when our father would stop and ask you a, a question connected with learning education. He was an avid reader himself. So as a consequence of that, uh, I uh, truly enjoy reading. But, uh, yes, it is important that the father be involved, both parents be involved in the education of their children. Education is the, uh, the, is the vehicle for their future, or for their future. So I'll stop right there. It was beyond just the financial support. That's truly to support the whole child, the whole child, and give support in every area that we can to save our children. I'll stop right there. Mm. Well, that that is a key thing, that it, support isn't just a paycheck. Support really is the emotional support. Now, of course, my my parents, they worked together like a team. They had an organized way they handled us every day because my, my mother worked days, my father worked nights. And so, you know, my father, my mother, she got us up in the morning, you know, uh, got our breakfast, and then she got ready for work. And then my father, you know, he would drop her off at the train station, and then he'd come back. Uh, take us to school. Or, of course, you know, most of the time we walk to school, but unless, you know, we may be running behind, then he would drop us off at school and then have our lunch ready when we came home for lunch, because we came home for lunch in those days, you know, school was in walking distance. We could walk back and forth to school and walk home for lunch. So we uh, went home for lunch and we had our lunch ready. And, uh, and then after we went back to school, he went off to work. 
and him and my mother had a system because they both took the same train to work, so he would park the train station. So when she got work, she'd take the car from the train station, come home, and then pick him up from the train station when he got off late at night. So, I mean, they, they had a system where they were both equally involved in our education, you know, and they both would uh, – like my mother, we had evening school events. You know, she went to that. Uh, we had weekend when we got to high school. Had weekend sports events. My father went to that because he was off work. You know, just so they were both involved, and that's what I saw in terms of parenting. So that's what I expected, and you know, that's what I built for my own child um, to make sure that both my husband and I were involved in her schooling. I was heavily involved in her schooling. Um, volunteered at the school and then later part of the school where she went to school and my father they had this this program they had uh real men read or something like that and he uh he was one of those who would read from books to the children and that kind of thing so again you know our presence was there and i think that has a, a lot to do with a child's emotional uh comfort and, and and security, knowing that both of their parents are involved. But one thing that I saw as, as I began teaching at the school where I had first started out volunteering uh, and I started teaching there, I saw in many of the families where when there was a divorce or a separation, um, you know, sometimes there was, there was, conflict and, you know, the child was experiencing the emotional conflict, especially when they got to the high school level. It really became more pronounced because the children were more aware of of some of the inner reasons for the conflict. They were acting out emotionally. And uh, I remember I did this writing assignment for my freshman English class. I think it was a freshman English class, and the assignment was for them to write a letter to the person who had made them the most angry and say the things they've always wanted to say. And out of five classes at that school, I would say 70% of the students wrote angry letters to their father for not being there for their mother. And that was so revealing to me and seeing what they were going through emotionally as children and understanding how it was impacting them and how they perceived it as their father not caring, their father hurting their mother, their father not being there for them. You know, I mean, the, the anger that came out in these letters, it was hurt, it was heartbreaking. And I, I, I speak to men often in terms of, you know, friends who are going through various relationship things, and so many of them speak of how difficult it is after a breakup. You know, first of all, you're heartbroken, and second of all, you know, being made to feel like you're less, of, less than a man, say if you're going through financial difficulties, and then the court system humiliates you, and often you don't... Uh, have access to your child, and 
uh, you know, conflicts over custody and often made to feel like, you know, if you don't have enough money, you don't deserve to see your child. So many men have gone through that, and it's humiliating, and, and it made to feel like, oh, you're just a paycheck. And the child's feeling the hurt of this, and the child is feeling the rejection with the father's absence, and the father is feeling that rather than deal with that hurt or being made to feel inadequate or or, or, or facing the wrath and the anger of the of the ex, he just stays away. Just avoid all of it, which means avoiding his child, which hurts the child. But I kept seeing that pattern over and over and over again, and I'm thinking, what? How can we help parents keep their focus on the child? Because if you're in emotional distress, how can you concentrate in school? Now, some children could overcome that and excel anyway, but many could not. And I find that for the male children, the absent father was really, it was a key thing in their self-esteem and even their show of respect to their teachers. And I could always tell the ones whose fathers were missing because of the way they spoke to the adults. I could tell the, the, the ones in the, the females whose fathers were missing because of their actions. And so that father's presence has such an emotional impact, but when we reduce it to a dollar figure, well, if you pay so much money, then you deserve to see your child. If you're not paying, then, you know, there's no point in you coming around here. Well, you know, they need more than just his money and his, his physical presence. Unless he was abusive, and that's the reason for the breakup, there's no reason for him not to be involved. But I've talked to so many men who just emotionally, it was just too much for them to deal with. Uh, so much anger, uh, so much hurt, and so their answer was just avoidance. But then that meant not being involved in their child's critical years in their education, not being involved in activities, being made, not having made themselves familiar with the school so that when they show up, you know, it's not like, who are you, which happens too often. So like you were saying, they need to go, they need to register, they need to see, you know, people know who they are. Um, <laughs> I remember one time uh, my husband went to pick up my daughter from school, and the particular person working in the office, she had not met him. And so she said, well, wait, let me let me look up and see if it's okay. He came home. He was so upset. I understand she didn't mean any harm. It's just some families don't have uh you know, a, a, a unity where it's okay for either parent. Some some parents are going through conflict and 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 school staff has gotten in trouble for releasing a child to a parent that was not authorized to take them. So they, they have to make sure I you know, I apologize that happening. You know, and, and she didn't know because she she was new, she had never met him. But he was so enraged. He was so offended, I would say. You know, how dare her? My child, you know, I, you know, I understand. I, but some families, that's what they've had to do. And, you know, I know it is difficult. So we need to start out getting men 
involved in their families. But before we take a break, and I want to make sure I check the switchboard, and, of course, invite you all to call in, 515-605-9325 or 515-605-9891. And press 1 if you have something to say. We'd love to hear your thoughts. We want to hear your experience as a father. How were you involved in your child's education? You know, going to school events, taking them to school, picking them up from school. And what was your experience growing up? Were your parents involved in your education? And how did that affect you? How did that impact you? How did that impact your child? Do you believe that you were involved or not involved in your child's education? So give us a call and give us your thoughts, 515-605-9325 or 515-605-9891. And press 1 when you're ready to Add your voice to this conversation. So before we take a break, uh, what are some things that you would recommend men do if maybe they haven't been involved in their child's education? Uh, Are there ways that they can start, um, ways they can maybe even make amends if if, if, if there is a split and they have not, you know, not kept up with what their child's learning. Maybe they, and I'm seeing this also as a pattern, maybe their, maybe their fathers didn't set an example of what a father, what a father's involvement in the child looks like. They might have a really hardworking father. Maybe, you know, went to work, came home, brought the money, but maybe he just never was involved in that aspect of their lives, so they don't even know how to begin. What would what would you advise for someone who just doesn't know what to do? Well, uh, one simple word: education. As to what is a a, a father, a, a father goes beyond just a sperm donor. You know, the father is to also be involved in the uh, nurturing and uh, upbringing of uh, his children, Uh, sometimes what happens is there's resentment between the mother and father. And and that resentment, that battle, that that type of of, uh, resentment toward each other can negatively affect our children. You know, uh, some men feel, well, I'll just drop off this check and keep it moving because I don't want to argue. I don't want to get all involved, get all, all entangled in, uh, in, uh, in, in uh, the problems that me and her had. Uh, regardless, we are still parents. And uh, we need to look beyond our resentment and focus on the interest of what we have produced as parents. Uh, I would uh, uh, encourage every man to take an active role, active role in the raising and rearing and interest of your children. Uh, Now, in the 
court system, which uh, sometimes feeds the resentment, the lawyers and all of that, uh, it needs to, their interest needs to expand beyond just financial support. Uh, I, I would recommend that uh, in how they structure support, it needs to be identified beyond just monetary, that you, you must, must uh, support your child in every way uh, if there is a primary custodial apparent and uh, 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 there needs to also be a serious conversation with the custodial parent and an understanding, an understanding reach concerning uh, one's involvement with their children. Men have to have an interest in their children beyond just uh, just sustenance, just financial sustenance. How are you doing? How are you doing? Uh, uh, an interest in their thinking, an interest in their feelings, an interest in some matters that uh, that children would would like to speak with their parents about, but they they have a hesitancy. Uh, they are just stuff it all. They, they are just discuss it with their friends, and the friends don't know. <laughs> Any more than that child. So yeah, full involvement, full involvement, full involvement uh, as a father. Uh, you you can divorce a wife, but you can never divorce your your the children. So it is important that we as as, as fathers that we uh, to take our rightful place, our rightful place in the rearing, especially in the education of our children. Uh, the male voice carries with it uh, authority. You know, it does. It, it carries authority with it, and it, it has some weight. His mere presence is a, uh, has a positive effect. I remember my, my, one of my granddaughters, they, the school that she was going to, they had a, a uh, Father's Day. And her father was not too involved at that level uh, to attend. So I went to school with her as her grandfather. And, boy, she was so proud. I mean, she was grinning from wow. ear to ear and introducing me to all of her students teachers wow. and everything. She was hugging on me. It was wonderful. It was a wonderful experience. Wow. So we, yeah, so we, we have to uh, look through the lens of our children, a, a, a child, and get totally involved beyond just dropping off a check and keep it rolling. Uh, they have to, the parents have to get beyond the resentment. As, as, uh, if that father is not opposing a physical threat, then I think he he should be invited, encouraged, and involved in the education of his children. 
very important. And I, I witnessed it myself. I mean, my granddaughter was so happy for us. She was, I mean, her teachers and everybody. <laughs> wow. So that, that was special. <laughs> That was special. Well, we want to talk about that also. If if you are the grandparent and maybe for whatever reason, you know, the parent is not there. If you're the grandfather and, you know, maybe the father's just, you know, what is that, MIA, missing in action, but a male presence needs to be present, how do you step in? Well, we're going to take a quick break and come back and Bring back our guest, Dr. Ron Ford. He's got a fantastic show, Ask Dr. Ron, and he addresses quite a few of the social conditions throughout our community and perhaps some solutions that we need to think about. So we'll be right back after this quick break, and we invite you to stick and stay. Don't stray away. And if you're listening online and want to join this conversation, give us a call, 515-605-9325. And press 1 when you're ready to speak, and we'll come right to you and get your thoughts. And you can call 515-605-9891 and be on the line of our co-host, Kareem Hamid, and our American Muslim 360 family as we talk about how important is the involvement of a father in his child's education. So we will be right back in just one moment, and if you're on our switchboard now and have a comment you'd like to make, press 1. That lets us know you've got something to say. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Yeah, I have a, a call. Are you constantly arguing with your spouse? Are your children misbehaving and acting out? Is someone in your family abusing drugs? Have you been the victim of domestic violence? Are you grieving over the loss of a loved one? Let us help you restore serenity to your life. At Serenity Family Social Services, we understand that good mental health is a result of emotional well-being. Our goal is to assist you and your family in removing emotional distress and restoring harmony and balance to your lives. We offer individual, couples, and family counseling. I'm Howard Williams, CEO of Serenity Family Social Services. Call us today at 312-315-4820. That's 312-315-4820. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. We have an opportunity to transform the whole global society in the next 50 years. 50 years from now, the earth will be populated by a new generation of adults, many of whom are yet unborn. Our mission is to nurture them in childhood, 
with love, guidance, and protection and to raise them in healthy, happy families. If we impart values of compassion, generosity, and respect for fellow human beings in the next generation of children, they will create a world where people can live together in peace. This is our goal. Be a part of the transformation. Get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. Go to www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Global Radio TV Show. I'm Naima Latif, along with our co-host, Kareem Hamid, and we are joined by our guest, Dr. Ron. Dr. Ron Ford of Ask Dr. Ron is joining us today to talk about this issue of how important is a father's involvement in his child's education. I know a lot of fathers that saw their children uh, school, graduate, and go on to be great things, but they weren't personally involved. And I'm, I'm even hearing now from some adult men and women who either are expressing gratitude for their father's encouragement, involvement, uh, support, or expressing regret for their absence and feeling hurt that they were not there. So we've got Dr. Ron with us and got our co-host, Kareem Hamid, online. And, of course, we've got callers on the line that have something to say. But first, let me bring to our audience, once again, Dr. Ron. Grand Good morning. Rising. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, I've been kind of following the conversation. Um, and... You know, I think it's interesting that one key point that we all omit that uh, why fathers are not in the family. The family is dysfunctional and broken on purpose. Mm. Government had a mission to break our family, and they did that. Mm. So a lot of the products of what we're seeing is because of their business, if that's a word. You know, they designed the family to be attacked and broken up and separated so that the fathers don't even have rights, you know. Um, you know, and then they want to know why we so mad and angry, you know, mm. <laughs> you put us in this situation. Mm. And, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm, and I'm going to inject this into the scenario. Uh, during COVID, a very interesting discovery came out. Mm-hmm. And and what I mean by that was that when the educational system decided to home teach their children, you know, they gave them all laptops and said, you stay home with your parent, you know, because it was only one. Mm-hmm. And, and the system was trying to teach remotely. 
parents decided they didn't like their children, and they had to get them back in school. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, I know you saw what I saw. It's, yeah, it was, you know, that. They was doing all sorts of things. Take these kids out of this house. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I'm their teacher, they didn't fail. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I think that there was a whole lot more respect for teachers developed after that because they realized, look, if my child is cutting up in my house, I can imagine what they're doing when they're not in my house. Exactly. And they had to face the reality of, of what teachers have to deal with. A lot of emotionally distressed children bringing all of that dysfunction into a classroom. Imagine if you got 30 of that every day, what that and does it, to you. So, and, yeah, and, and, yeah, and that was a, revealing. It's a, um, uh, a struggle, especially in the Chicago schools. So I don't know about any place else, to get mail teachers. Yes. There's a campaign going on right now in the city of Chicago trying to attract male teachers to the system. And the principals that they had that were especially black, they got rid of some and protests went on because they were great people. But once again, the system is broken. Our family mm. is broken. You know, and and uh, you and I have talked about this before. The role model of the family and the dynamics of it has changed so much. Yes. So so the question would be, how do we get a wraparound service that would begin to address the issues that we have to try and make things better for our generations to come? Because I agree with the uh, other co-hosts that back in the day, you know, we had grandparents, mm-hmm. we knew who our parents were, you know, fathers, you know, took on the role of responsibility and, and did what they were supposed to do to be a part of their children's life. And those things have, you know, eroded, as you might say, yeah. to the place where we are now. You know, and then you have to think about this. You know, women have made, I ain't trying to place no blame because I ain't trying to make no women mad this morning. Women made bad choices on who their baby daddy is. Okay? Mm. I know that's a whole conversation by itself. But if you pick the person just to be a baby daddy and not to be a father, then you got what you was looking for. Mm. Maybe you know what to look for. I mean, that's... You know, so there's a a multitude of problems here, you know, and to address um, father's involvement in the child's education. I know in some states, you know, my son is dealing with this now. He has two boys, two of my grandchildren, and the state of Tennessee doesn't even acknowledge him as a parent. Wow, that's horrible. That's that's insane. And and they got him trying to figure out what to do to get parental privileges because he wants to be in his children's life. He wants to be there for them, and he and they they fighting against him. So so how is it that they're able to do that? I mean, what is what is his relationship with the mother of the child? Are are they together? Are they estranged? They, are they, they married? Are they divorced? At the moment, but he picks the kids up when she allows it to happen. Mm-hmm. So he tried to go to court to try and get court order, you know, visitation so wow. he can have his kids. 
you know, since since you don't want to give me the kids when I call you and try to make arrangements, you know, she's being um, resentful towards him. And the problem is um, when he went to court, they said, well, you haven't even established paternity. So, wow. you know, we don't even know that you, you know, that you are the father. You know, we don't know what you want to do with these children. That's what the, that's what you are not the, the father. Is. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, and that's the real thing. And I explained to my son, you know, yeah. if just because you put your name on the birth certificate does not establish paternity according to the court system. You know, the court system has mm. to you know, do a DNA test and determine that yes, you are the father. You know, like Mark Colby, you yeah. are the father. <laughs> you know, so now you know he's not trying to you know deny the children. You know, he did his own personal DNA test to confirm that he is the father. And he mm-hmm. wants to be in their life. And he wants to support them. And he can't wait for them to get of age where they can go play ball and do things like that. He's looking yeah. forward to those type of things. But when you have a system, which is what I said in the beginning, that's opposed to male figures in the family, this is the kind of thing that you get. Tennessee, behind wow. enemy lines. Okay, I mm. say it all the time. Mm. Okay, you know, I tell my son, you live in a place where they don't care about you and your skin color. Okay, you know, so mm. you're trying to exercise like you are, you know, a, a human being trying to provide for your children. They don't care about you being a human being. Mm. Wow. Know, that's a deep statement right there, but it's that, a lot of places throughout the South that are like that still. Well, you know, that's. And one of the reasons why we have this show, particularly on Wednesdays, where we're focusing on fixing broken families, you know, a house divided cannot stand. And whenever we cannot, as men and women, cooperate and work cohesively, we put ourselves in a position to be attacked by a system that looks to profit from everybody's misery, no matter what it is. And that's happening in too many families. I believe our co-host, Kareem Hamid, has some remarks, and I know we've got a caller online. Go ahead, Brother Kareem. So, okay, we have a caller on the line. I'm bringing in the other code, 706627. Mohammed, assalamu to you this morning. Wa alaikum assalam, Brother Mohammed from the Ummah of Prophet Muhammad, by the way, of Columbus, Georgia. I'm going to try to stick to the solutions right quick, quick for the for the for the for the, uh, the purpose of the time. Look how long ago when Allah blessed uh, Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, she would tell all men that Prophet Muhammad was Quran Mia. So the more you do the same footstep obligation and discipline the less problem you will have as you go forward. Also, it reminds us, before the Quran, the man had always patterned his life off in the degree of the animal world and other things that Shaitan pointed to him to make him think that was his responsibility as a man. Number two, Prophet Muhammad said, you will have to control your anger. And the only way you're going to do that is to keep your mind in the Quran and in sajda to your creator, who is the only one who gives you that type of peace. 
Our children are witnesses to our struggle of living the uncivilized man's way of responding to life and the civilized man's response to life. And we are struggling with that our own self. Number, number, the next thing we need to remember is that when you become married, your goal is to be one soul. Let no knowledge come in you to test your unity and worship to Allah because your children are watching. And you're not perfect, so what little they do learn and don't learn, at least they will learn from praying and asking for forgiveness will help keep some kind of stability to it. Number one, keep your dua to Allah true to yourself. Don't pray to Allah, Allah, please help me with my wife, or Allah, please help me with my husband, uh, Allah, please help me. Don't, don't make those du'as and don't have the sincerity behind it because you're denying your help that you know Allah is more than glad to give to us so that we can live this Quran. Mm. We also want to live living it. We talk. Yes, that's the whole key. Aisha said, remember now when Aisha said that, that's almost a thousand years ago, probably, or better. But she told us then by Allah's permission, now not her own. Allah was telling her to tell the men, you have to live this Quran the way Prophet Muhammad exemplified it if you want to be successful in everything from now and on. Because men before you did not have this final clarity. They are like Prophet Isa told them. Y'all so way off the right track, I had to come back here and reset you so that you'll be able to receive the final development of your human creation, your male creation, your your female creation. And do it as a one soul, one responsibility, etc., etc. The Tahiti that you've been talking about for 1,400 years, we have the opportunity to put it together now. The next one, is, like I said, is keep your du'as to Allah true and to yourself. And then we also have to remember that when we talk, do so with the Quranic mind, not the black mind, the African-American mind, or any other minds that we have studied in history or our influence in history, because most of those minds come from the shaitan and have shaitanic, shaitanic contamination in them. That's why Allah said, this ain't my favor. It will be clear. And it's called al-Islam. When we do that, we will, we will set the example for our children to observe and learn. Very important right here. It's how well a man treats his wife and how well he passes on to his son the responsibility that he will have when he become a father. That he has to be, do the best he can with his wife and make sure his son know how to respect women. And the, the mother is supposed to do the same thing with her daughters. And they have that natural, moral, Respect for each other to wait and do things according to the way they worship to their creator. Mm. Now, that's the point I'd like to address. So it, uh, and, and okay, you I'm know, the reason, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, like Dr. Ron was saying, you know, when people had to spend time 
in the home with their children, some realities were revealed. And one of them was that <laughs> concerned the children that they had raised. So what behavior had they really been modeling in the home and all the time when their children act out in school and they're blaming the teachers and blaming the system. But the reality was these children came from you and your behavior. How are you talking to each other? The husband talking to the wife, the wife talking to the husband. How are you talking to each other in the house? If you're rude and mean and nasty and inconsiderate, that's what you taught the children because that's what they saw. So that's what they brought to the outside world. We can't fake it anymore when, when, we have to look at the mirror and see that the ugly picture we're looking at is us. And I think that's something that each family had to face. What did they actually yeah, instill in their children in the home? And when your children had to stay in there with you all day and you didn't, you weren't able to send them out for eight hours and you didn't really see what you had created, there's a difference. Now, this, this afternoon, yeah. uh, I'll be attending an event, um, and I believe the, the anti-defamation. It's like she froze up there for a minute. Did I? Oh. Yeah, okay, okay. now you're back. Okay. You're back. Okay. <laughs> okay, this I afternoon. Hey, well, you know, you know what to do. <laughs> but this afternoon, I'll be attending an event um, that the Anti-Defamation League is sponsoring um, No Place for Hate, and it's a, an education program that's uh, supposed to help educators to create the environment in the schools where there will be peaceful interaction. And so I'll be participating in that Zoom meeting this, meeting this afternoon, but one point that I want to bring up is how are we talking to the children? How are we treating the children? What are we modeling for them? And everybody looks at the children. How can we fix these children? But it's the adults that model bad behavior, whether you're in the home or in the classroom, because whatever kind of parent you are, that's what kind of teacher you're going to be. And I saw some teachers that were very loving, kind, and patient, and I saw some that you could tell that they were bringing their their personal problems into the classroom. And I'm not saying any names or naming any places, but I observed in places that I've been where when, this is I'm not bashing us, when a woman has just had a breakup or is going through problems in her relationship, she is different in the way she treats male students. She's more likely to be harsh and punitive and impatient and insulting. I've observed that with my own eyes and ears. And I have seen the effect on the male students. They don't want to go to school and be insulted by the teachers. So we got to look at how are our personal relationships affecting even how we treat the children. And it does affect how a teacher treats a child if he or she is not happy in their home. So everything really does start in the home. And that's where we got to fix the problem. You know, can, can I make a quick point? Yeah. I know you got to go to break in a minute. But one thing that we have to remember about young people that their minds are like sponges. Mm -hmm. They soak up everything that they come in contact with. If, you know, I remember back in the 
they used to say that we are a product of our environment. If we grew up in a project, then we saw things in our community uh, that were really, really crazy things. And those things affected those children, what they saw. Yeah. You know, so when 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 you have a young mind that's designed to evolve and you know, you know, like if you lived in a jungle, you would learn how to survive in a jungle. Mhm. If you grew up in a concrete jungle, you learn how to survive in a concrete jungle. So what you are exposing those minds to will affect them throughout their entire life. You know, um, you grew up with two parents in your household, and that affected you. That was your norm. That was what you saw. That was your beginning foundation. So that was your uh, plan for success, to to duplicate what you saw to make a success story for you and your family, because that's what you saw. That's what you were exposed to. So when you think about people that have soaked up so many other different things, like crack babies, let's go there. Mm -hmm. We have so many dysfunctional children that have mental illness that now they're beginning to call it out. Oh, they got mental illness. Yeah. Okay, but yet you shut down all of the mental illness facilities. You put crack on the street and then get no place for anybody to go get help. And then they carried these babies for nine months, and then they brought them into the world. And then now, oh, we don't know what to do with them. Well, you created this Frankenstein. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, what where, where, where do you think it was going to manifest? You know, you, you right. put it out exactly. there, it's going to come back to all of us. And then, you know, and then, and then, then you have children, and I call them children even though they're teenagers because they act like children that are on the streets of all major cities that are tearing up stuff because they have no fear of authority. Right. I mean, if 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 your house is, is, if you're treated pretty much like a prisoner, the way you're talked to, uh, the way you're disrespected, you're numb. You're numb to the meanness. You're numb to the punishment. You don't care anymore, and that's where a lot of them are. It's not like they have to worry about, uh, you know, wonderful, loving environment being taken away. They don't have a wonderful, loving environment. They got meanness and hatred and, and uh, pain and, and hurt. So, yeah, they don't care because they have nothing to lose because it's already gone. That's why they're they, the they way didn't they know what they were missing. Right. They right. had no knowledge of it to begin with. Right. They had they no something you never had. To build on. You know, and yeah. grandparents have stepped in to try to help in most cases, but you know, um, grandparents can't do it all. You know. That, that's another thing. We got to take a break, but I, I, I guess that's the time to kind of talk about that because a lot of us, like like Kareem was saying, you know, when he went to his daughter's, his granddaughter's school and how it just was such a wonderful thing for her. A lot of a lot of people now are in that stage where they have to step in because for whatever reason the parents aren't available. 
But some of them feel like, I don't want to be bothered. I did my job. I raised my children. But what about if there is nobody and you are the only one who has to be there? Are you emotionally ready to step into that role? What if it was never done for you? What if you never did it during your time that you were the father? Now you're the grandfather. Are you willing to maybe do what was not done in the life of your child? Now you can do it in the life of your grandchild. Well, we'll talk about that when we come back. And if you're listening online and want to join this conversation, give us a call, 515-605-9325, and press 1. That lights your number up on our switchboard and lets us know you have something you'd like to contribute. You can call 515-605-9891. We're also broadcasting simultaneously on American Muslim 360 Radio. And that number, again, is 515-605-9891. Again, press 1 through our co-host, Kareem Hamid. We'll see your number light up on the switchboard and open your mic so that you can be heard. And we're going to come right back with our guest, Dr. Ron. And you want to hear him during the week on Ask Dr. Ron and get some insight. And we will be right back after these brief messages. So stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back with more on how important is a father's involvement in the life, uh, in the education of his child. And most definitely, if you have experience either having been a parent who was involved or not involved, or you are impacted by your parents being either involved or not involved, we want you to give us a call. We'll be right back after this quick break, so stay with us. Everything you need, what your body needs, is found in nature. So Susan Essentials doesn't do it any other way. Susan Essentials provides your employees and individuals access to over 20,000 nutritional products and they are shipped direct to your door. Because Susan Essentials is certified in plant-based healing, we're permitted to offer you the best nutritional supplements on the planet. They're non-GMO and sustainably produced and we take the guesswork out for you. Let Susan Essentials help you take control of your health today. I'm Beata, your Holistic Life Coach. These days, it's more important than ever to work on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you consciously breathing deeply in stressful moments? Do you have a plan or daily routine to maintain balance in your awesome body? Are you struggling to be disciplined in your eating habits? When you partner with me, I'll help you develop a personalized health plan that works for your particular lifestyle. You can find out more about me at yourholisticlifecoach.com where you can also review my three-step protocol to guide you to abundant health. 
That's YourHolisticLifeCoach.com, and I'm Viato. with Dr. Debbie Green on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear great topics and stories on grief and turn it into victory. Join Dr. Debbie Green to listen to stories of triumph and learn how to overcome. You are not alone in your life and there is hope in the darkest hour. This is your time to learn strategies and solutions to improve your life. It's your time. So join Dr. Debbie Green with Sofa Solutions and call in on Thursday at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at 515-605-9325 with comments and questions. Look to hear from you real soon. You're listening to and watching the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. If you'd like to join us visually, you can go to the Female Solution on Facebook or go to the Female Solution on YouTube and like and subscribe to our channel. Make sure you hit that bell so that you can get notified every time we go live. And you will, of course, have an opportunity to write in your comments. We've got some comments. On our from our Facebook viewers and Viata from Viata's tiny house village and of course Viata who is with us every Friday and Sunday here on the Female Solution says Grand Rising most criminals in prison had a poor or no relationship with their fathers yes extremely important for fathers to be present at every stage of the child's development yes and she said. Uh, why in Tennessee your son is not giving his right to the parent? Yeah, she's asked that question. Yeah, what's up with the, what's happening in Tennessee? Well, you know, Tennessee is one of the southern states. So, mm. Right, right. And and I've talked to him several times about it. He's been to court, and, you know, because he has not established paternity as of yet, then the state itself will not just grant him any parental rights because he signed on the birth certificate. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as you know, with Tennessee law, if you're married, do they challenge your fatherhood rights, or are they only challenging your fatherhood rights if you don't have that contract with the state saying that you're married? It, Absolutely. That's exactly it. Because they're not married. By law, the contract between a man and a woman they call marriage, then they don't acknowledge him as the father. That's an important point because those kinds of things actually do impact whether or not a father gets treated as someone who has parental rights. Mm-hmm. That piece of paper is more than a piece of paper. I mean, we're living in a corporation. That's what that's what America is. It's a corporation. And 
these contracts that we have, these are business agreements. And if you don't have the protection of a business agreement, then you don't have any rights just like any other business agreement. You go to a store and purchase something, and you have some type of uh, uh, conflict about the product, well, you gotta you got to have a receipt that shows that you paid for it because that's a business agreement. We give you this, and, and you uh, pay a certain amount, and we're, we're guaranteeing what we've exchanged. Well, you have to have something that shows that there was an agreement. So if you don't have that agreement with the government, because we are citizens of a corporation, uh, then you can be ignored in terms of your rights. And spiritually correct, well, it's got nothing to do with spirit. This is business. And, And so people who are hesitant to put their agreement of a relationship and mutual um, responsibility on paper in terms of that marital contract, they could be subject to those kinds of actions by the government and denying their parental rights. And it was a rude awakening for him. He was at the birth of both of his children. He has two Mm. children same woman, and the people in the hospital, the nurses, the doctors, everybody that assisted with the delivery, they were like, hey, you ain't got no rights up in here. Wow. You know, so that was his first awakening to the fact that, you know, this is like, you know, like, look, what you talking about? I ain't got no rights. I'm the father. I I just signed the birth certificate. You know, I'm the father. And they like don't mean nothing, and they and they began to treat him. You're not the you know, husband. Yeah, like like it was nothing. It means something to you, but it don't mean nothing yeah, to us. Yeah, that's that's a deep thing. So, <laughs> uh, what do you think about that, Kareem? I mean, I, I see I see that pattern happening a lot. And here's the deal: a lot of times, you know, some too often. I hate to say it, but you know, we're trying to work that system with the public aid thing. You know, and couples. You know, woman gets pregnant. Okay, you get a certain amount of money as a single mother. You don't get the money if you're not a single mother. It's not fair. But they figure, okay, we work the system. All right, yeah, well, you know, my, my man, I'm living with him and everything. We, we got a family, but there's no papers because she got to work the system, you know, get that check. And they do that. And sometimes even I know there was a time when they would say, well, if you know who the father is, then we got to go after him for the money. And so in order for him not to be pursued for money, child support, whatever. She might say, well, I don't know who the father is, so there might not, not be any name on the birth certificate. Again, you know, a couple, they together, but they're trying to work the system. But that backfires because at some point his legitimacy as a father is questioned because in order for her to get the financial benefits, he was not acknowledged. He was not her legal husband, and therefore – his rights as a father can be impeded. And that is kind of like what Dr. Ron was saying about they got, they got a system set up where we can end up being abused, and we're trying to play the system to get the money, and we end up getting played at the end of the day, especially with men not being respected as the fathers they are. And they might be in the home. They might be actively involved, but they get no respect. 
So what do you think about that, Kareem? What what should we do to educate men on how this is happening so they don't continue to find themselves in this situation? Well, you know, the sacred bond of marriage carries with it a, a great weight, a great weight and um, responsibility. Uh, and let me say this, that, uh, that the, a title father does not always denote that that child came from your loins. Father is a responsibility. Father is an action. Father is a verb, not just a noun. And there mm. are men that... Uh, Father that, is a verb, uh, that like that. Fix that deal. You know, the real problem stems from the relationship between males and females. Uh, this this silent battle that uh, has been waged between us, we have to reach a, a truth and put our interest on the well-being and the welfare of our children. Um, and like it's it says it takes a village to raise a, a child. Well, our Prophet Muhammad, prayers and peace be upon him, have stated that any man that educates two daughters, they enter paradise. Now, two daughters don't mean that they have to come from your loins. Mm. That, that that's not right. No, um, um, so the education is very important. The whole welfare of that child. You know, sometimes and unfortunately, children are born out of uh, outside a wedlock, and it was just an event that took place a sexual event that took place. and uh, But there is a responsibility that comes from the result, the result of that activity. <clears throat> so we, we have to uh, reiterate the sacredness of a human being, the sacredness of a human being, not just something that can be just tossed over on the side, and you go on your way. There's a responsibility that comes with that. Uh, so I'm saying that the when we get entangled in this court system, which is designed in a lot of cases against family, uh, but there, there needs to be an, an educated uh, agreement between the mother and child concerning the interests of the mother and child beyond just them dropping off a, a uh, paycheck and he goes on his way. Uh, he has to be uh, uh, allowed to have uh, access to his children in a reasonable schedule, you know, and uh, uh, the, a mother should be encouraging him to Get involved. Stay involved in the life of our children. Uh, we can beat this scheme 
if we stop arguing um, or arguing among ourselves, among ourselves, put the interest on our children, and I believe that will somewhat lessen the effect of this scheme of tearing up our family. Uh, put the interest on the well-being of our children. They are our future. That is how we live beyond our life. Uh, there are two things that you can give your child that has merit. The Prophet Muhammad, of God be on him, has stated, give your children a good name and good manners, good character and good manners. And with education, is, is, it goes beyond just the academics. You're educating a human being as to proper behavior, uh, proper manners, proper respect for other human beings as well as yourself. Good manners is part of that responsibility as parents. Uh, So what we model in front of our children is very important. What we say to them is very important. And the father is a necessary ingredient in the proper rearing of children. And uh, for those that desire that, they should not be denied that. So let's, whatever resentments we have toward each other, let's put that aside and put the interest on our children once more, on our children once more. When you show up at a a PTA meeting, your child's school is just like people that visit an aged home. When they see that there is an outside interest, then the people that live in these senior citizen facilities, the administrators, they make sure that they give proper care is that resident. Well, it's the same way with education. That's when the true. parents show an, uh, an, a, uh, an, an interest, then the instructors, they are on their P's and Q's to make sure. That's right. They treat the child better. That's true. I've seen that all the time, too. When, when parents show up, Teachers are more conscious of how they treat that child as being fair to that child. When parents act like they don't care, it seems like the teachers don't care. So it does make a difference. It's, it's, a, it's, it's challenging often when we're seeing that so much of what's falling apart in our society has to do with that relationship between men and women, husbands and wives, and like we've been saying, so much of the dynamics have changed. And, you know, we look at, we look at the religious institutions, some of them that have even started schools, and they want their children to uh, be raised according to spiritual principles. And, you know, people talk about bringing back prayer in school and all of that. You know, I had a lot of a lot of friends who went to Catholic school and one would presume, okay, well, it's based on religion. Therefore, you know, there should be some principles of, of 
you know, love and peace and all of that. But what I remember my friends talking about was how they were always getting beat by those nuns. Beat your tail. Yes. (laughs) And and we, you know, in in our, so so do you remember that experience? (laughs) The the, the nun beating. (laughs) So we got to look at, we have to look at how we think as a human family and why is that this meanness still a part of how we are treating each other, the reason why we can't sustain a loving relationship, and how we're treating our children, the reason why they go to school and bully other children. This seminar that I'll be participating in this afternoon is all about anti-bullying, but the first bullies come out of the home. If parents are treating a child that they're nothing and beating them and beating them down emotionally and verbally. Where does that child learn that behavior? Well, they learn it from the home and they take it to the school and they pick on children who are... Well, they think it's normal. Yeah, they think it's normal. They think it's normal. So we have to find a way to change the way we behave. And sometimes we can follow a faith, but the spirit of the faith is still not in us. The meanness is still in us. Like, you know, Brother Muhammad was talking about living what's written in the book instead of what we're doing, which is our meanness toward each other. And we have to figure out how we can exemplify that love and guidance and protection for our children so that they can imitate that. Right now they're imitating what they receive. One thing we'll be doing in September, we're launching the New Earth Homeschool Academy online, and it's uh, one of our first classes, parenting class, called Parenting with Peace. And we'll also be featuring a peace education class, which is how to teach how to teach interaction, the proper interaction between children, between adults. But the parenting class, Parenting with Peace, That's what we're really hoping can reverse a lot of the behaviors between those two people that are bringing life through them to this world. And we have to first get that inner peace before you can combine with someone else and be that one that the brothers were talking about. You know, if we've we've raised a lot of hatred toward us, a lot of self-hatred, that's what we're giving to our children, and that's what they're giving to the world. And, and when we can't stay together because we don't know how to treat each other, this is what happens. It's the whole thing. It just snowballs all the different effects of that. Yeah. You know, I don't want people to think that I just um, came to the show to throw up all the problems we got without offering <laughs> any type of solution because mm-hmm. I've been pointing out all the issues, you know, for the first part of the show. So let me tell you what I did for me and my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, my oldest daughter, uh, she's going to kill me for giving her age. She's um, 30, <laughs> she'll be 36 years old this year. She has two um, grandchildren of mine, a boy and a girl. Mm-hmm. The oldest boy had his first year in high school on last year. Mm. And from his opening day in high school, now they live in New Orleans, Louisiana. So from his opening day up until he lost his phone privileges, I was on the phone with him monitoring how he felt about going to a strange school, different place, getting involved with different people. Mm -hmm. 
trying to encourage him to open up and receive the experience. And one of the things that in doing that, you know, he was able to go in there knowing that oh, he must be on to something because he wouldn't be telling me this if it was not something I need to be aware of. And it worked, mm. you know, after he got over his butterflies and his jitters, because you think about it, you know, you know, your first year as a freshman, you got yeah. butterflies and jitters. But it's a new experience. Yeah. And he's a very smart young man, and his mother got him involved in music, so he got involved in the drum corps, which is a big thing in New Orleans, the drum corps. So he found something that he liked. Now, he's also a class clown, so he lost his phone privileges, so I wasn't Uh-oh. able to keep up with him as much as I would have liked to. But as he successfully made it through the first year of high school, I, I offered up the opportunity for him to come spend the summer with me in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to spend some time with him so I can impart some wisdom and knowledge into him that he's going to be needing to carry on for the rest of his life, mm-hmm. which my grandfather did for me. So I wanted to throw this out there because there are mentors, and I talk about this on my show all the time, we need mentors in our lives. If you are a female, you need to find male mentors that can help with your children. They don't have to be a father. They don't have to be a dad. They don't have to get, you know, privileges as a father or a dad, but a mentor. Yeah. Somebody you can take your kid by the hand, sit down with that person and say, talk to them. I think I'm not getting through to them. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then that person would be able to say, okay, I got it. You know, I know what the situation is. I have a friend in New Orleans. They started a mentor group for children in under grade schools, you know, like first through sixth grade. I know they got different names for the schools now, middle school, all that kind of stuff. So they go in with the permission of the school, and they sit down and they grab all the young men and they put them in a men's circle. Like, what's going on with you? That's good. You know, what's happening at home? Why do you feel the way that you feel? And then once they've had them for a couple of years, then they give them a badge, a T-shirt, honor that Mm -hmm. they've successfully completed the program with these men. So when they go to high school or to eighth grade, middle school, whatever they want to call it, people see that shirt and they recognize them as a person that has been mentored. That's good. And a person that has, you know, that has had a group of men, not just one man, Mm. but a group of men in his life. And, And that person will have an easier time because he's been exposed to some conversations of adolescence and how to, you know, control your emotions. Because a lot of times, you know, we accuse can get in trouble women <clears throat> of not having control of their emotions. But men don't have control of their emotions too. Right. Let's be honest. No right. human being really has control of their emotions. Some might 
hide their emotions better, but nobody really has control. So, you know, uh, I applaud my youngest son for wanting to be in the life of his boys. And I encourage him every chance I get. You know, but I try to encourage him in wisdom. You know, um, don't get emotional about it. Put your emotions in check, you know, and and do what you got to do. You know, yeah, it's going to cost you some money, but that's what you work 12 hours a day for. Right. You know, wisely invest into your young people. Right. So as a plan of action, I see men with gray hair, Mm -hmm. you know, embracing youth, you know, to help them understand what manhood is really all about. Get a mentor for your family. You know, it could be a spiritual leader. It could be a a community leader. It could be someone that you look up to that's willing to take on the responsibility of, okay, I've successfully helped one achieve some things, so I got room for another. Mm. And, And then we need to support those men. You know, as women, you need to support that man because they're investing into your children. Yes. You know, and and just because you see them, that don't mean drop them off and walk off. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like you do at school, drop them off in school and keep on going. Right. Find out what's going on. Yes. Reiterate the message. Yes. You know, what, 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 what did Dr. Ryan say to you? Didn't he tell you clothes? Clothes? Put your clothes up. Mm-hmm. You know, Pull up your pants. Be a bird, <laughs> take the trash out. Do what men do. Open the door for your mother when she's getting in the car. You know, those are types of things that men used to do. Mm. You know, and where did they learn it from? They saw what they saw. You know, mm-hmm. I remember, you know, on social media, they have these little skits. And uh, women sitting, going on a date. And, and if the man doesn't open the door for the man, you know, for the female, then they'd be like, oh, no, he's not a keeper. <laughs> he, went, he went and got in the car by himself, and he didn't even open the door for me. Because he never learned. You know, right. matters are taught. It's a red flag. Yeah. Well, you know, okay. and, and it is because it's kind of like no one taught you etiquette, which means a whole lot of other things you're probably not going to know. So you yeah. need you need that that community of men to, to teach you things, and I applaud those who have organized that kind of effort because that's the solution. Men have to teach men how to be men. Women cannot teach you how to be a man with a woman. Only another man can teach you how to be a man with a woman because he's got to demonstrate what that looks like. That's what we got to do. Yeah, I have a friend um, back in the day when my son was 17 years old. Because it takes a village. You, I heard that, that word come out earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put my son in martial arts, you know, to be able to learn discipline of control of anger. You know, because he was a, a angry young man and didn't know why he was angry. Mm. So I put him someplace where he can try and figure out why he was angry. And to discipline, the discipline of the martial arts was wonderful for him. Uh, When he first came to me, he was like, yeah, I want to be an MMA fighter. I said, no, you don't. No. (laughs) No, you don't. 
you like your teeth, don't you? You don't, you know, what MMA fighters? Yeah, you, you don't have them if you get knocked out. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because his vanity, you had to appeal to his vanity. No, you don't. You don't want to do that. But you want to learn how to defend yourself. Right. And then I put him in a class of etiquette. You said that word just a second ago. Mm-hmm. And to be able to teach people how to use the rice spoon, the forks, and what all this stuff sitting on the table. You know, don't put your elbows on how to use a napkin, how to, you know, properly eat soup. And and it taught him proper etiquette, how to conduct himself at age 17, 18 years old at, at fine dining. Mm. And he got so good at it that, that the instructor wanted to make him a youth instructor. Mm. You know, so he had a sense of pride of accomplishing something that served him all his life. And, and it was funny, we were having a conversation, uh, my son, and I, he was like, man, I remember all that. Yeah, I can't wait to do my son like that. Mm. I'm like, wow, he's looking forward to reproducing what yeah. was done yeah. to him. So I think that conversation came up earlier. Yeah. You know, showing them something that's reproducible, that's something you nice. said that you saw that you wanted to reproduce from your upbringing. You yeah. know, so there's hope. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, we can't save them all. But well, we can try. Can. We, we can try. You can. Yeah. Put the effort into who you can save and stick with it. You know, be a mentor. Yeah. It's, it's, even though it don't pay good, because I'm a witness, I got <laughs> people that's latched on to me, yeah. and they have made me their mentor. And I was like, did I sign up for this? <laughs> Well, you know, it may not pay in money, but it definitely pays in so many other ways that are just crisis because you're you're shaping a human being that's going to impact the world. So there's no greater pay than that. we got to take one last break, but we'll be right back with Dr. Ron and Kareem Hamid and you. So we want you to stick and stay. Don't stray away. And we'll be back as we talk about how important is it for fathers to be involved in their child's education. And we've got a statement from Zelda, our Monday morning mindfulness host, and she says, Grand Rising Wisdom Teachers, thanks for shedding positive light on fathers. Yes, there are some men out here that are doing it. Yes, sir. Yes, we have a a caller here on the AM360 board. All right. Public service announcement. We can open up their line. All righty, and we've got a caller on the female solution line, and we'll come to them after that as well. So stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back in just a moment. So stay with us. Look for our upcoming book. 
to a radio TV show, might be to an invigorating conversation with our team of hosts. Friday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Start your week with Monday morning, regular with Delbert, Tuesday, with Delbert, Wednesday, during Broken Family, and Coco's. And we are back. You are listening to and watching the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. I'm Naima Latif, along with my co-host, Kareem Hamid, and the American Muslim 360 family, broadcasting simultaneously with us every Wednesday morning. And we want you to call in 515-605-9325 and press 1 when you're ready to speak, and we will gladly open your mic and get your comments as we talk about how important is a father's involvement in his child's education. And we know that there are some great fathers out there that are doing a wonderful job. And we appreciate all of you who are definitely doing your part and making a difference and we may need we may need some of you all to step up and be a mentor to someone else's child who doesn't have that father figure. So we're back with our co-host Kareem Hamid, and we've got some callers on the line that want to weigh in on this topic. So do you want to go ahead and open the mic, and then after that we'll go yeah. to seven seven three four five zero on the female solution line. All right, 727-741. Welcome to the Female Solution. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. God peace be upon everyone. Martha Nyla calling from, thank you, calling from St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, And, you know, I'm loving this, uh, the conversation, and straight to the point of young men being in there. I I had three sons, and I I do validate that uh, of female cannot raise um, or bring the man into young man into his manhood the way that the combination of the mother and the father can and then definitely with the father strengthening him with more uh, and and those who can mentor them so I had all of that for my my son now I, I say that too and then now I'm realizing that uh, the entire inform oh, let's say entire information the additional information that I'm seeing that they need and, and I'm having conversations with young men, they're able to talk about it, but the Emancipation Proclamation, when does that come into the, the discussion and, and reaching as we reach for the faith balance in our lives? You know, each individual finds their relationship with the creator, uh, and in doing so, there are problematic situations in life that you just have to go through, but there's a distinct problematic situation uh, that uh, that connects with the Emancipation Proclamation. I mean, that's the reality here, and, and I know if we're overlooking it, scathing over it, hoping it doesn't matter, but it does matter. So I'll stop right there, the discussion of that and the reason to it and the southern states and why it is as it is. So, alhamdulillah, I'll stop right there. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Yes, interesting. The Emancipation Proclamation, but, you know, 
again, we're we're citizens of a corporation, and we used to be uh, property held by uh, citizens of the corporation. We had to fight a war to undo that, and there are still laws that in many ways keep us in a state of bondage. And that, that uh, and I'll take the next caller in just a moment. I want to reflect on what I heard from a young man explain to me why he did not believe in marriage because he said that he didn't want the government telling him how to handle his business. You know, he knows how to be a father to his children. You don't need a piece of paper. It's about the love and all of those things uh, that he said. And spiritually, certainly, your, your, your agreement is with your creator that you are going to be as one with this woman. You know, you are joined together and so forth. And we understand that the government cannot make you love someone. You can marry them and still treat them badly. We understand that it's a spiritual union, but we live in a corporation and citizens have to make business agreements with the corporation in order to take advantage of the rights that the corporation has granted on paper. And if your rights are not granted, then you have a court system where you can address your grievances. It may or may not be a good system, but this country was founded by lawyers and farmers, so everything is about land and law. That's the way it is because of the way the country was organized. So knowing that, if we don't make the decisions to protect our legal rights, we'll find we don't have any. Let me let me go to our uh, – well, we've got a couple of callers now. Um, let me go to first, uh, 773-450, then 773-436. We're coming to you right after that. 773-450, give us your name and where you're calling from and your comment. Hey, how are you? Greetings. Assalamu alaikum to the brothers and sisters. How y'all doing today? We're excellent. Well, That's alive. like the fix of Obadiah in Chicago. Obadiah. You yes, know what's sir. interesting now? First of all, we need to start doing something different. In society, they teach you about sex, and you hear all this music and stuff, and young people in a hurry to get to it. That is the wrong move. How do you develop children when two people just jump into bed? And here comes the baby. Look at society today. Half the children don't even feel love. So what is happening is that you first have to know who you are before you can develop anything. So we need to slow that process down. You know, Dr. Francis Crest Wilson said, well, our people, we need to slow the process down because we've got so many challenges just being black people coming up. So before you, you know, before you start bringing children in, you need to at least have some sort of understanding of who you are, what your purpose is, and what your gifts and talents are in order for you to get them. Otherwise, just having children because you can pump your, your, your chest up and stuff, who's going to take care of the baby? Who's going to provide the emotional support? Who's going to tell them what to do? So what we have in society is what we have today. What I do I help anybody. When I work these jobs, I'll stop and mentor the young men. If I sit next to them, we'll laugh and talk. Then I'm just sharing information. When the next thing they know, they took some of that information, and they're off and running. I mention anybody. I even walk the street stopping young men who are out there slinging, ask them questions like, 
Do you have children and stuff? Don't you know there's another way that you can take care of your children? You can have actually benefits that will pay for their health care and stuff. And they start thinking about it and listening to me. Then a couple of them went and got a security guard job. They got jobs working at Walmart. They went and did something other than just stand on the corner. But then I wonder, if I had to told them that, would they have even done that? I was just trying to get them on a legal track instead of just making money the fast way and finding yourself locked up in jail. So it's just interesting yeah, we talk about fathers. Yeah, but it takes the responsibility of us as human beings to treat each other a certain way. And so when men are beating up women, that's all out of order. What do you think the young boys grow up thinking? So me, myself, I do all of the above every day. I swing doors open for women. I show the young men they should be treating the girls a certain way. I just do all of it. It's my responsibility. They don't have to be my children. There was a time we thought of our race as our family. We didn't separate the two. That's why when the, when the black woman won the award back in the day, she said, I, I, I did this as a credit to my race, she said, not just for herself. we got too much self-implosion today. What about the group? So when we do the we, us, and our, we'll get God's blessing, and we can move forward, y'all. Otherwise, I, we'll just be doing what we're doing. Well, I thank you so much. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I thank you so much, Obadiah, for being uh, an example of what men must do above and beyond for their own children because the men that we see out misbehaving and the women we see out misbehaving, people are only doing what they know. So we can't attack them for not knowing. You say, they know better. No, they don't because if you knew better, you'd do better. So thank you so much for setting an example. They are, yes. Yes, absolutely. So let me take the next caller at area code 773-436, Grand Rising. Introduce yourself to our listening and viewing audience and give us your thoughts. Hallelujah. Greetings, uh, Global Transformers. Way in Yah Shalom. Uh, Grand Rising. This is Mama D in Chicago. And uh, Mary, a marriage contract is more than a piece of paper. Spiritually and biblically speaking, Abraham's wife, wife, uh, Sarah, was referred to as the wife of promise, while uh, Hagar was the mother of his child, but she was a slave. And they were not considered the same in the eyes of the creator. And when it comes to a personal uh, testimony, because Obadiah and I were, uh, he was my fourth husband, I had all kinds of rules and regulations put on him. And we did not just jump in bed. We did not have intercourse until two years after we said the words of promise because I wasn't going to make the same mistake that a sample of the goods, uh, you know, and, and, and go along with this, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? So it wasn't going to be none of that. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I think that it is important that you be, Chase, you know, I guess they asked me, well, how is it that you can have four husbands? I 
have close husbands or full husbands because, first of all, I got it straight. I got many body parts. I don't just have the vagina part. And if you're just interested in the vagina part, then my arms have an attitude. My hands get upset. My my, my <laughs> legs, like, I'll have mutiny of the body if I let you play with that. So, uh, you got to introduce yourself to all my body parts because I got mm. more than the vagina part. So I think that it's very important. You see, when it comes to you need a father and a mother, that's why this whole idea of a woman's right to choose, where is it written? There's a Ten Commandments that says, thou shall not kill, except if you're a woman, then you can kill the living soul that is in your body. I have not read that exception, and I collect Bibles and dictionaries because I believe Yah God knows and man knows also. But when it gets mm. uh, down to what one of the biggest problems today, all the violence, we got all this violence. Hey, you got a violence problem because if women who bring forth life don't have any respect for life, then where will the respect for life come from? We got a violence problem because of that. And it's not a woman. No, no, no. When you're pregnant, let's get the math straight. It's not that complicated. When you're pregnant, you are a trinity. You are a Three in one. You're part living sperm, part living egg, and part living soul that that egg and that sperm put together. So if the problem is that daddy ain't stepping up to the plate, doesn't he read the word that says children are heritage of God and the fruit of the womb is his reward? And I knew you in your mother's womb. Why doesn't he step up? Seed is sacred. Doesn't he know what happened when when a man uh, wasted his sperm and it wasn't even fertilized? And the creator had an attitude about that. So men need to step up. My question is, why can't men step up and say, hey, my job, Spiritually speaking, is to protect the family, and this is my family. This is my sperm, your egg, and what Yah God has helped us create. This living soul, if it's breathing, it's living. And if you're trying to stop the breathing, it's called killing because you did that on purpose. So why doesn't the men step up and protect the family? Mm. Well, thank you, Mama D, for that question. And, you know, it's an interesting uh, observation because both sides are contributing to this condition that we're facing. And both sides have to look at themselves and say, what is it that I did not learn as a human being? And what must I now learn in order to become the best human being that I can be and then unite with another human being so that we can form that harmonious union. That's the struggle that we're having and that's at the foundation because even if the government has all kinds of schemes and plans and everything else, if we're unified, none of it will matter. None of it will impact us at all. We can only destroy a family if it's destroying itself from within. 
Uh, what, what is that African proverb? The ruin of a nation begins in the homes of its people. So how do we teach our sons these principles? How do we teach our daughters these principles? And we got a couple of comments uh, on our Facebook and YouTube channels. Uh, let me bring up some comments. And, uh, and Obadiah's comments were, were given an amen by uh, uh, HLN TV show producer Zelda. says, teach Brother Obadiah. And uh, she says, fathers can help their teens win cash prizes and scholarships this Saturday at 12 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time on the Global Team Virtual Talent Contest. And, of course, you can see more on that on the Higher Learning TV show. That's coming up this Saturday where we're encouraging young people to show their talent. They can also subscribe at Instagram.com slash Team Talent Contest uh, and encourage the best in your team. And Deborah says, Grand Rising, what or whoever is the present is, is, is present has to be positive and not toxic. And that's from our fourth Saturday host, Deborah. Yes, whether you're the mother or the father, you, you cannot be the toxic person in the home. And that's a lot of what we're seeing. We're seeing the toxic behavior of those who have not dealt with their own interpersonal struggles infecting the children who then infect the society. And a lot of times that balance is not there. And when that balance is not there, then we see the toxicity. We see the angry father, the angry mother, and they hurt the children because they cannot unify in love. So how do we make that happen so that even if two who had been together as one split apart, there's not so much acrimony where they're in the midst of fighting each other and they're not able to come together for the sake of the child. I think one of our, our uh, commenters said that we have to come together for the sake of the child. And of course, both our guests and co-hosts said the same thing. So the question is, and, and Mama D asked the question, why don't men step up? Where can they learn that? Dr. Ron, where can, where can men learn these fathering skills, if they maybe they didn't experience it in their families, they didn't see what it looked like, they're out, they're out here slinging, like Obadiah saying, okay, you're out here on the streets making money illegally because you didn't have that structure, you didn't have the example, you didn't have the protection. Where can they learn it now, this family idea, and where can they see what it looks like so they can exemplify it? Where can they do that? Uh, I think we talked about it earlier. I think the journey of wisdom begins with first accepting a relationship with uh, God. You know, if you have, if a man does not have a relationship with God, then he is missing out on a very key part of understanding what his role in society really is. You know, whether it be a, uh, uh, you know, a, a favorite religion of his or even the journey on your own. Because, see, God is constantly trying to get our attention. Mm. And when we begin the process, you know, the journey of beginning to understand, then you begin to understand love. 
and you understand what the role of a father is in a family because he's a father. So quite naturally, he can teach us how to be a father. See, most problems with young people is they think being grown is having sex. Mm. Okay? And then when you begin to find out that there's more to it than just planting a seed somewhere, you know, and then don't want to have nothing to do with it because the female feel like if she receives the seed and keeps the seed, then she's going to keep the man, and that don't work. You know? So I think the first step of wisdom for male and female is to begin the process of having a relationship with the spiritual father. I agree. I you know, definitely when agree. You, when you begin that journey and that awakening, then you realize, you know, that all forms of wisdom, knowledge, you know, can be, you know, entrusted into you to be able to begin the process like, okay, I've been falling short. You know, of my responsibility as a father, thank God, you know, God loved me. So now it's time for me to begin to love mine first and then as many others as I possibly can. I love I love that answer. Well, we're out of time. We thank you so much, Dr. Ron. Last 30 seconds, Brother Kareem, got a thought you'd like to leave us with? Serve God. That's it. There you go. <laughs> serve God. You're serving your fellow human beings and all of the earth and beyond. So let us learn that first principle of fatherhood and motherhood, which is love. Thank you all for joining us on this edition of the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. Join us tomorrow for Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green. I'm Naima Lateef, along with our co-host, Kareem Hamid. Thank you so much to our guest, Dr. Ron. And Dr. Ron, real quick, tell us when next time we can see your show as Dr. Ron. You'll find all my programming on there. A-S-K all right. Thank you so much. We appreciate you for joining us on this Wednesday morning on the Female Solution Global Radio TV show. And we'll see you all next time. And until that time, continue to shine your light. come to the end of our show today, but you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash thefemalesolution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows, listen to our radio shows, order our books, and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe. 
India, Zanyabar, Japan, Arigato, Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kujun, France, Merci, Spain, Gracias, Italy, Grazie, Egypt, Shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Ngiabonga, Senegal, Jared, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakur, Saudi Arabia, Shukran, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you, and may peace be upon you, and the mercy of God, and God's blessings. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.